This is Liz Scafidi at UN News. There's no time to lose if we're going to ensure that the world after COVID-19 is fairer, more inclusive, and more sustainable, UN Labor Agency Chief Guy Ryder insists. In an interview with UN News's Daniel Johnson, the International Labor Organization Director General also offers some refreshing advice. There should be no more programs and no more plans. Let's just get down to the rock face and start making progress together. Here he is now, speaking after the Global Forum for a Human-Centered Recovery at ILO headquarters in Geneva. He begins with an assessment of the human and economic cost of the global health crisis. It's really a sad story to tell that this dramatic, you know, health emergency that uh, emerged with COVID-19 sort of became also the worst economic and social crisis in living memory. Uh, we estimate that the impact in terms of employment lost, in terms of income destroyed, was four times greater than the financial crisis of 2009-2010. So you can see the extent of the, uh, the hole that the world of work got into. And what we saw within those horribly uh, dramatic aggregates is that it was the weakest who came off worse. We went into the pandemic with an extraordinarily unequal world, getting more unequal, and COVID's just made that worse. Now, the question then becomes, uh, will the recovery process that we hope is now getting underway, would it be human-centered? And that means, will it finally start to reverse this trend of increasing inequality? And the sad thing to say, and it did come out of our, our forum uh, this week, is that for the moment, it looks like this trend of increasing inequality is continuing. Why? Well, firstly, because the recovery is slow. It's incomplete. Those who suffered most seem to be at the back of the queue when it comes to getting back to something like normal. And secondly, because this recovery is a two-speed recovery. To take the language of the Secretary General, we're seeing a great divergence. The rich countries are bouncing back quicker. The developing and emerging countries are having a really hard time of recovery for two very simple reasons. One is they don't have the fiscal resources to bring to the task. And secondly, it's about unequal vaccination rollout. And until we correct those two structural inequalities, I fear that this won't be a human-centered recovery. It will be a recovery which just makes pre-existing ills worse. So, Mr. Ryder, from the International Labour Organization, what is your view on how best to make this recovery inclusive? You know, what we do not need, I suspect, to make this recovery work as we would like, a more agenda, more declarations, more plans. What we actually have to do is to close the gap between the commitments, promises and agenda that we already have adopted from the 2030 agenda uh, to the ILO zone global call to action. We have to close the gap between those ambitions and the reality of how we are performing to meet those ambitions. And I have to be honest, and I said it in the forum, there is a gap to be closed. And that is the whole point of our forum of bringing together national leaders. We're very pleased to have a pretty stellar group of national leaders coming to our forum with the international organization leaders from the Secretary General himself to Kristalina Georgieva, Dr. Tedros, uh, Dr. Ngozi at the WTO. You know, we had the right actors at the table. Being the ILO, we brought workers and employers into the conversation as well. And yes, we made a number of commitments. 
We did what you can do in a forum where you talk to each other. We said we're going to do better. We said we're going to work together on a more systemic basis. But in the end, I think we have to go from coherence in the international system, which at the moment is at the retail level and has to go to the wholesale level. What is episodic and opportunistic has to go to the permanent and the systematic. But the proof of the pudding now is in the eating. I really would refrain, and I'm going to say this in my remaining months at the ILO, no more programs, no more plans, no more agenda. Let's just get down to the rock face and start making progress together. It's about credibility. Yes, I think that's what people want everywhere because they're just wondering, you know, what happens if another pandemic comes along? And I wonder, Mr. Ryder, I mean, you must think, are we not missing an opportunity here? We've had a pandemic. It's caused everything to be turned upside down. I mean, you must be wanting to get to the top of the ILO and scream it from the rooftop saying we need to do something. Well, we do need to act. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. You know, you feel almost indecent talking about opportunities coming out of a global pandemic when people lost their lives. But there is opportunity. Let's overcome our scruples in all of this. You know, we've had we've had a chance to set step back a couple of steps, look at the state of the world, look at what the pandemic did to us, and to understand with greater clarity than perhaps we previously had when our noses are up against the problems of everyday normality and say, yeah, we have to reset. We have to make changes. There is an opportunity to make a qualitative discontinuity with what's gone before and what is to come. We have that opportunity. And it's really up to us whether we take that opportunity or whether we decide to let it slip through our fingers. So, yeah, the global accelerator for jobs and and social protection I mean, look at the numbers uh, contained in its ambitions. It's actually 400 million jobs to be created, 4 billion people, billion people to be covered by social protection to get to universal coverage. It's really easy to dismiss this as fantasy and utopia. I take the opposite view. I, I go with the Secretary General on this one. It is not realistic to be less ambitious. And that is what we have to uh, we have to draw upon. And yes, there is historic precedent. Uh, I'm a great fan of FDR and the New Deal. There's a lot to be learned from uh, what came out of the Great Depression and the war. Let's not make not entirely appropriate comparisons, but there are things to be learned from all of this. So, yeah, it's an opportunity and we have to take it. And the consequences of not doing it is exactly as the Secretary General says, we have a chance for a breakthrough. If we fail to take that chance, the likely option is breakdown, and we don't want that. Final question then to you, Mr. Ryder. You have seven months left of your second mandate, and I'm sure you feel like the clock is on fast forward. But what is it really that keeps you up at night? Maybe you could reflect on becoming the Director General of the ILO in 2012. You pledged then to ensure that the organisation makes a major difference in the working lives of people on all continents. In short, are we in a better place now than we were then? I would say that the ILO is in a better place than it was. We've done a lot to, I think, bring our organisation to the issues that really matter to people. We've engaged in a real positioning about the future of work, about the things that are going to absolutely determine the way we live in the future, from climate change to digitalisation. We didn't see the pandemic coming, but we're working on that right now. But it would be futile, it would not be honest of me to say that as I stagger to the end of my mandate, 
that the world of work is in great shape, that uh, working people and enterprises are having a good time of it. They are not. History isn't like that. The way of the world is not like that. What I think is important is that the ILO has positioned itself as a positive, influential actor. It will continue to do so. And that we bring to the struggles ahead certain values of social justice as a guarantor of peace. We bring together the value of dialogue between governments, employers and workers and across the international system. And we bring our normative international labour standards, a definition of rights at work. These are invaluable. We've carried the torch forward on that. And last, I think the ILO is a stronger and committed team player to the United Nations system. It was very much in evidence at our forum this week. And we know uh, that the struggles ahead for the international community are bigger than the ILO, and we have to contribute to the collective effort, and we intend to do that.